Right, so I'm with Doug today. Uh, Doug's my friend. I've known Doug for a while, and uh, Doug is in recovery. I've got to talk to Doug today about his experience and, and see if that can shed some light on anything for anyone out there. Hopefully, the, the aim of this is to help someone. I know you from recovery. How did you get in recovery, sir? Uh, I kind of, I suppose in the end, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'd, I'd like, um, I'd always, I had loads of issues as a kid. Like I always like felt special. Like I was, like I had issues. I was born premature. I was paralyzed down the left hand side. Um, and all, all the way through childhood, I had issues. And uh, I suppose I picked up, one, one, I picked up drink at a young, young age. I mean, it, I always thought did you that pick my up, drink. Did you pick up the drink because of those issues? No, not really. I, I, my, my first drinks, no, not really. It was sort of like, although again, it's sort of like, I don't, I never see what normal drinking is. For me, like, I was, it was a normal teenage drinker. Yeah, normal but, thing to do at that age, sort of thing. Yeah, but like my little looking back now, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. But my girl's twelve, and like she worries about Pokemon. Do you know what I mean? That's that's yeah. the difference, and that's why somewhere along the line, I still know that I'm an alcoholic, even even today. So, did you feel like you're an alcoholic when you picked up the first drink? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like I back think, then. Again, looking back, I was always. My mannerisms, with or without a drink in me, I was always the class clown. I was always the I was always the joker. I was always the one that wanted it to go that extra little bit further. I was like, it's three, yeah, it's three o'clock in the morning. Everyone else wants to go to sleep, but I, no, let's keep going. Yeah, party time. Party time, with or without a drink in me. Mm. When I was about at seven or eight, I got this. Well, I didn't get actually put down with ADHD because back then it just didn't exist I was just a little shit mm. but looking back I was on Ritalin and things like that so looking back yeah it was like a lot of it was just my personality and the way that I was I was a fighter because I suppose again like, like I say I was born three months premature paralyzed down the left hand side I was fight or flight from the word go okay so so you picked up so you started drinking at a young age then like well yeah i think 13 12 13 properly okay so at that at that point where did it go from there mate well i suppose for a, for a little while it was no more than what i would say normal teenage drinking like two two liters of white lightning down the park and like friday saturday nights and Telling your mum that like you're over your mate's house and really you're in a field. <laughs> That's like... normal drinking two liters of white lightning down the park, mate. That that's that's exact. I relate to that. That's exactly where I was. Exactly. I, and, I don't and, think and see, that ain't normal. I don't think my. Today, I don't think a normal person would drink like that, mate. That's what. That's no, exactly. See, today <laughs> I know that that ain't ever normal drinking. <laughs> exactly. But again, that, like whenever I say this, this is why I know that I am. This is why I need to constantly be reminded that I'm an alcoholic, because I know that deep down somewhere it's weird. Okay, so you're drinking white lightning down the park, yeah? I'm relating to that one. Um, used to do that a lot myself. Okay, so what at what point then did you realise that you got some kind of issue with the drink? This carried on all, all the way through my teenage years. I had loads of issues in my teenage years, um, and then um, I. 
I got a job in a bakery when I was around 23, 24. Oh, and okay. um, I got with this woman and uh, I was on a stint of like six months off, six weeks off to drink because all the way through, I'd always known that I'd had an issue like, and I'd done sort of like three months, six months, 12 months. But once I started again, I could never stop. It was like, it was always, it was always like this time it'd be different. But it was never different. Okay, what made you stop then? Why were you going through those three months without drinking? Was that something that you imposed on yourself or was like... Yeah, yeah, because like I'd, I'd, I'd screwed up again. I'd gone out and I, or I'd smashed something up or I'd like upset someone or I'd like... Just like normal, well, normal. So there you go. It's it normal. was just like, it was and... always normal. It was it was just Dougie. That's what Dougie did. Okay. All right, so... so... Yeah. So what happened there then? So you couldn't you couldn't give up by yourself. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty much. And it, well, it wasn't just that. It was sort of like, yeah, I could stop, but I couldn't stay stopped. Okay. And why did you want to stay stopped? Well, to be honest, when I walked in, I didn't really think that I wanted to stay stopped. I wanted I wanted to drink like normal people. I wanted to be able to like go out for two and sort of like so oh, I've had enough like let's go home yeah 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 I'll get but, that done but again like um I went I, I went uh, basically what happened was I woke up one morning I was with this woman and like I say we were happy for like six months and then I got comfy and um I started drinking again and like uh she put up with me for two years and uh, over those two, two years, basically, I turned into a narcissist. Um, right. And uh, I started drinking more and more. And okay. uh, one day I woke up and uh, I, we was both working in Wilkinson at the time. We, we both lost our jobs at a bakery. The bakery had shut and we lost our jobs. And uh, we had, well, yeah, it was a big row going on, financial trouble, all of that. And... Um, Basically, I woke up one morning and I rolled over, and I was here looking at her eye. It was like, Doug, I love you, but like, I just, just, just can't fucking deal with this shit anymore. Like, mm. I'm done. Mm. And like, I don't know why, because it, it was no different to any other day. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've seen that look before. I've seen the look in my mum's eye, my brother's eyes, like everyone's eyes. But there was just something different in that day, in that look that said to me. I don't want to end up like Don the Tramp. I don't want to be the one on the street that's drinking a can of super brew. Yeah, yeah, I get you there, mate. So, um, so was that at a point then that you came into recovery? Well, yeah, basically what happened, I was working at Wilkinson, like I say, and uh, as it happened, I went into work that day and uh, I see a thing on the wall, you know, when you're in the canteen, they say, like, if you want help, call this number. Or oh, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I rang that number and uh, they set me up with this place in Southend and uh, I went down to this bloke in Southend and I pretty much told him all my story and like my drinking. I left out the fact that I was abused. Like at this stage, I weren't ready to be able to deal with that. Right. But I told him everything else and he looked at me and he said, well, you you need like this fellowship place. And uh, he said... uh, and I looked at him and I said, "No, I'm not. Really, I'm not. I'm not really a drinker, mate. Like, I don't drink like that." 
and uh, he said to me, what would you say if I said I was 27 years sober and I've just come back on a cruise? And on this cruise, he'd, he'd been to a fellowship meeting every day. Nice, and, nice. And, and my jaw just dropped. Mm. It was sort of like someone in me just felt like this bloke's got my head. He knows. Yeah, he's giving you some hope, hasn't he? He's giving me some hope. And uh, that was on the Friday. And uh, I, I did what any self-respecting alcoholic would do. I went out on a massive binge over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, went to a meeting on the Monday. And within 10 minutes of walking in that meeting, I felt like I'd come home. Yeah. So how long have you been sober a little while now, mate, haven't you? Yeah, uh, well, my last drink to do on Self Be True was the 31st of March 2007. Yeah, good man, good man. So where did things go for you from that point then? Did everything go pretty sweet? Did you? <laughs> no, mate. Um, this is why I know life's only a day at a time. And I've, I've learned the hard way. Um, me and my missus went really well for about four years. Um, six months into recovery, I found out that she was pregnant. Um, and if I'm honest, I think that kind of gave me that extra little boost about like, you know, this recovery stuff ain't just for me anymore. I've got a little kid on the way and like, mm. life's not about me. And yeah, it was really nice. Stressful, but nice. Um, mm. And then um, after about four, after mm. about four years, I'd gone through the program and I'd done everything completely. Like, and I was working my program pretty well. I'd done my step four. Um, but I'd left out the fact that I was abused again. Like I wasn't ready to deal with it at the time. And right. um, what happened was about five years, five years into my sobriety, um, I had again, I had financial trouble at work. By this time, I was doing telesales and sales, and uh, I had financial trouble at work. And uh, meetings became less important. Uh, reading the big book became less important. Right, okay. Calling my mates in and around the fellowship became more less important. Um and before I knew it I weren't weren't really in in, in the same loops that I was in, in the first in, in the fellowship. Mm. Um and okay. uh so you started taking a step back then from yeah. what got you well in the first place, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, by the sounds of it you weren't being honest with yourself at the time. That's what is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think it was sort of like... What do you think that was? Going, yeah, and there were things going on in the media and in the news that were dragging up memories. Right, okay. Dragging up memories of what? What are your past? Of my past and my okay. abuse. And, yeah. And, um, yeah, there were certain things going on in and around the town. Um, and if I'm honest, it was weird. It was like, and this, I've, I've only learnt this through the counselling that I've got now. Uh, and and it's quite a common thing, but like Maddie was growing, like my little girl was growing, and it was sort of like I knew that I wouldn't, like I knew I wouldn't, but like abuse is abuse, and it was sort of like what if? And then also there was the bit of I was still living in the same town where I was abused, and what if it happened to her? Right. Okay. So you're worrying, like, about, you're worrying about worrying yeah, about it started eating away at me, started yeah. eating away, and. um Basically, what happened was we got in. A, I got in a lot of money trouble, and I had a big row with work, and lost my job, um, and I had a steaming round. Got the police called on me and everything, and um, 
my missus and my brother, my brother came round and he pinned me up against the wall and he said, what the fuck's wrong with you, Dougie? You need to sort your life out. And he took my missus and kid away to his for the weekend. And uh, they came back on the Monday and she said, I'll stay, but you need to go to the doctor. You need to sort it out, Dougie. And uh, on that Monday morning, I walked up to the doctors and uh, on the way to the doctors, I can only describe it as, and I've never had one before or after, but I can describe it as a panic attack. Right. right uh, trees, cars, everything was just rushing towards me and I couldn't move. Okay. Um, and anyway, I got into the doctors and I told him about the fact that I was basically raped by a pastor when I was 13. And it was the, it was the first time I'd told anyone in 17 years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it blew my mind, if I'm honest. And uh, me and my missus tried for about six months. Um, but, look, again, hindsight's a wonderful thing after counselling and things like that. But it's like something like that's going to blow any relationship up. Like, you know, it's, it's there's so many things on so many levels with this kind of thing that, mm. you know, it's, it's one of those. But uh, And that was in, this, up, is in, this is in sobriety, isn't it? Yeah, I was still, yeah, still I sober still at this point. Drink. I still yeah. hadn't had a drink at this stage because, again, it's a, it's a weird thing. That's the one thing that the fellowship taught me, and it's the one thing that I knew that was if I put a drink in me, I'm up and running again. Yeah, and I ain't got a chance if I put one drink in me. Like with with all this going on, it was sort of like, and again, if I'm honest, it's sort of like in the back of my head, it was sort of like. The bloke that abused me in my head at the time, he'd taken everything from me. He'd taken my wife, my kids, everything in the end. He ain't taking my sobriety. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, well, you know, I haven't been through the same situation, but I can only imagine the, the pain that you were going through, man, and but holding it, on to. It, it got to the point where um, I woke up on my, we had, me and my missus had a big row. And uh, we, I woke up on my 30th birthday uh, and I got an eviction notice for, and a non-molestation order from my missus. Like, she just, I've, again, looking back, we've had conversations since and I've done a, in the fellowship, they talk about a step nine and I've done a step nine and we've had a conversation over it. And um, today we've dealt with it, you know, it's sort of like we, neither of us could have coped with something like that when we look back. It was no. that big. It was it was that huge that you know I hadn't talked about it. I'd known about it for seventeen years. For her, she'd only just found out that mm. day. Yeah, yeah. So what happened at that point then? Where where did you go from there? Now, uh, that, now that you've spoken I about, two, I spent two days in a hotel in Ilford, um, and on the following morning, I got on a train to go to work. I was working in sales at the time. Uh, I got on a train to go to work. And I thought, so that I'm going to ring my missus and see if I can see my kid because I was desperate to see my kid. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I got off the train. I ran to the front of the train. I took my top off. And I don't remember the next minute, minute and a half, only night, because I've seen it on CCTV. Um, but I basically tried to jump in front of the 847 from Goodmays. And uh, a bloke next to me pinned me to the ground. and. God knows, literally God knows. Um, he was an undercover police officer and he'd heard my conversation and uh, he pinned me to the ground and I got sectioned for 24 hours 